Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome into another edition of Brewcast here on Mason Brew. You'll notice that Luke Giardi is not here with us today, so I'm kind of running the show. Chris Castellani is with me as well. Uh, it's been, how do I say, um, it's been a pretty wild few days in terms of emotions with Michigan basketball, with obviously, you know, the unfortunate passing of Kobe Bryant, you know, and, and what it, the bigger meaning of what that is for basketball and sports and things like that and um, it's had a way of permeating through the rest of um, everyone's lives here, and, but you know we're gonna you might have some Kobe stuff to say at the end. But uh, we want to talk about we're recording literally minutes after Michigan uh, was able to win the first true road game of the year over Nebraska. It was seventy nine sixty eight game. No Xavier Simpson suspended. No Isaiah Livers groin or leg injury again who knows how long he's going to be out season on the brink season on life support i think you could go as far to say um, yeah big win for them uh, but before we get into that chris how you doing my friend i'm hanging in there man i mean obviously these last couple days have been a a whirlwind uh a for a lot of people um both within the basketball community and even outside of it uh with with the passing of, of the horrible passing of, of Kobe and and you know in the much less important scheme of things this most recent week of Michigan basketball was um, uh, featured a lot of downers and you know you lose two 
home games, uh, one against a, a good Illinois team that they let another game they let slip away, and the other one, the first one coming at the hands of uh, Penn State, which was one of the more uh, apathetic performances I've seen by a Michigan basketball team in some time. And you get to tonight, a, a game that, and I, we've said this probably before, but it's worth repeating, especially now with the way things are, uh, looking at the, the bigger picture as far as the tournament's concerned, a game they had to win. It, it's one of those games that uh, it's all, in a weird way is almost a lose-lose because if you win, it's oh, they expected it. If you lose, it's a complete disaster. But uh, this was not a, an expected win when we found out yesterday that Simpson was going to be suspended. And all things considered, I think with uh, the expectations, I give this team uh, uh, more than passing grade. I, I thought that was a, a fine performance tonight against Nebraska much more improved offensively you had three guys with 15 plus points and Wagner Johns and uh and or I'm sorry and Brooks who are not necessarily maybe the three you would have expected um and you, you come out with a uh with a, vi- a victory on the road which is something that not very many teams have been able to boast about th- th- so far in the Big Ten season yeah I mean I think I said this on Twitter I said this from the main account I said this from my account this was one of those games where, like, with everything, I mean, just the fact that it's it's a road game of the Big Ten, it's it's hard to win regardless. Even in tonight's game, Nebraska is horrible, but yeah. still a tough place to go play. Um, anytime you leave the confines of your home and get a win, I don't care how it looks. And quite frankly, when you look, you know, for as far as this one looked, when you don't have Simpson, who I know he's been getting a lot of kind of hate or or disappointment thrown his way recently. I, I don't think he's been terrific this year. He's not exactly been what they've needed him to be, but he's the heartbeat of this basketball team. And Isaiah Livers is the best all-around player on this basketball team. And to, to win without either of those guys, um, when you, I mean, let's just call it what it is. Like One of the first guys off the bench tonight was C.J. Baird. Exactly. So, yes. That you got this win at all, let alone got it by fourteen point or I'm sorry, eleven points. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, sixty nine fifty five is in my head, but I know it wasn't that. Um, right. I don't know. Just a just a good win, a good all around night, and I think you know my biggest takeaway, and I had just written this up in what in what I had posted to the site. Kudos to Juwan Howard for for having this team ready to play. I mean, this was a situation where. Four-game losing streak. You've won one game uh, since the calendar flipped to 2020. You've lost, you know, you're whatever four and eight. You were four and eight since the Bahamas. Two of those wins over UMass Lowell and, and uh, Presbyterian College. Things were not great, and this was, you know, I'm just impressed by how the team was prepared. I mean, throughout most of the game, they looked comfortable. Um, you know, despite the fact they still aren't playing all that well defensively. But no. it seemed like they were comfortable. They were in command. Um, confidence is a big thing with them, something that Juwan Howard preaches. Um, probably, you know, I know that they won three games in three days in the Bahamas, and they beat Gonzaga and all those things. This game was probably Juwan Howard's best coaching job so far, considering just everything that was on the line. I think that you could make the argument for that, for sure. Uh, I, I think... 
Definitely, it was it was pleasant to see the word you bring up, and I think this is important: is confidence, um, which is something that we saw a lot of from two guys tonight. One, it's no surprise to see uh, a member of the Wagner family showing a lot of confidence, Um, maybe a little bit too much confidence, picking up that technical by uh, Franz Wagner late in the game, which I thought uh, was kind of a weak call. But one of the big, uh, one of the guys that we've talked about quite a bit here, and I've been a little bit critical of, and and. and this is kind of documented that Brandon Johns has kind of suffered from a lack of confidence in the past. And while he does do, uh, he is very raw and still, I think, has a ways to go. Uh, had the best game of his college career tonight. And, and I think he's a, he's a great athlete who can be able to contribute to this team going forward when he's within himself, when he's not. Uh, there are those moments, like I think the Iowa game last week. Uh, was a perfect example of this, where he looked overwhelmed, thought tonight you seemed comfortable, uh, and I thought he played really, really well. Um, I was a bit disappointed by John Teske's performance, going to be honest. I, I, I saw your tweet, which uh, was in my head pretty much all night, that Nebraska didn't have a guy in their team over 6'9". It felt like this would be the Teske game, where he could go for 20, 25, you know, maybe 10 boards. Maybe those expectations are too high, but he seemed... Uh, a bit disengaged and or disinterested at points. So I maybe he wasn't. I doubt he was, but you almost got that impression. Thankfully, they were able to be carried by uh, some of the younger guys on the team and and Wagner and and Johns and Brooks, who had an amazing game tonight. Brooks probably the one of the more experienced guys on the basketball team. But yeah, I think I thought Juwan, as far as coaching tonight, was was fine. I mean, this game reminded me a lot of the games we got back in 2015. You remember when Levert was injured and McGarry got suspended before the season. I think Walton got injured at one point. So you had to have Dockich and Spike and Beal felt like all those guys in the starting lineup at one point. Good God. And the team, yeah, right. <laughs> and the team, the team was, and Rockman as a freshman, like the team was just a mess. And, uh, and you saw guys coming off the bench and playing that, Probably had no business playing much at all, especially in the Big Ten season. I think you got that tonight, but it seemed like all those guys were engaged for the most part and ready to go. You got really, you got good minutes out of Colin Castleton in the first half. Some pretty good minutes by Austin Davis in the second half. So I would agree. Juwan had them ready, and they seemed more confident than they had, especially down the stretch in some of the more recent losses. Yeah, and no, I'll be honest too. A lot of people are down on this team right now, and I get it. Uh, the resume suggests that you should be. Uh, this is a much more talented team than that 2015 team was. So oh, oh, for sure. I know for sure. I've seen a lot of people make that comparison, and, and they might not make the tournament. But you know, they still have got. There are guys in this roster, and you saw them tonight: uh, Brandon Johns, um, Eli Brooks, David DeJulius, to a certain extent. Franz Wagner, I thought, you know, outside of outside shooting, which is something that is kind of a big part of his game, it seems like we're starting to see him go to the basket a little bit more, use that athleticism. You know, I know that John Teske isn't playing well, and I want to talk about him in a second. Um, Xavier, No Xavier Simpson, no Isaiah Livers. I get that. But there are still guys on this team who, regardless of this, you know, this next Fab Five or the Super Six or whatever you want to call whatever this class is next year, there are guys on this team right now that are going to be big factors on next year's team. Might even be starters on next year's team. So... I know there's a portion of the fan base that is disengaging to a certain extent because, ah, whatever, it's a rebuilding year. We probably won't make the tournament. Whatever, big deal. This team sucks. Can't wait to get the freshmen in here. 
you should have a vested interest in what this team does the rest of the year. The guys that aren't Teske or Simpson or to even to a certain extent Isaiah Livers. Guys like Castleton, guys like Johns, guys, you know, the guys that will be here next year. There will probably be some transfers off of this team. Like we'll just yeah. call it for what it is. But right now, whether they make the tournament or not, I want to see guys that can be, you know, that can be counted on next year as well. Because it is, you know, it is a foundational year. Um, and as corny as it is, you know, it's one of those those who stay things, right? I do think the the guys that do stick around and, and do get better have a chance to be a part of something special in the next couple of years. So I still have a, despite, like this team might not win, they might not win more than 17 or 18 games. We'll just call it what it is. You're right. But when I'm looking at a foundation, I'm looking at, you know, competently run program, you think moving forward, those are some of the bigger things I'm looking for. So in a lot of these takeaways and, and things where you hear us talk, I'll probably talk more about the rotational guys because I'll be honest, like Xavier Simpson, yeah, that's one thing. John Teske, yeah, that's one thing. Those guys don't matter after this year. And right now it's not looking like this is going to be a year where you're even playing into the second year of the tournament. So Your that, second week, you mean? That's what I meant. Yeah, second week. Yeah. Um, on John Teske. Yeah. I, I think that we're at a point now where I know given Jawan Howard's experience and, and development of bigs over his coaching career, I think we kind of assumed that he would, he was in for a big jump and I still think he has the ability to do that, but we are what they're 12 and eight. We're 20 games into this season. Now he's just, he's just not that guy. And that's fine. He can he can be a double double guy. He can be a guy that gives you fifteen and ten on a night. We've seen him have some twenty and fifteen games, but you know he's not a guy where you're gonna lob it into him, you know, fifteen sixteen times a game and and have him do damage in the post. Um, I think he gets a little bit uncomfortable by being a focal point of the offense. I think yeah. he's kind of a he was a very good John Beeline pig in that he's able he was able to do damage inside when. You had all these perimeter shooters around him, and even last year, I know they weren't great shooting, but they were. They still had guys who were capable of hitting from outside, and that opens things up for him. Um, they don't have that this year, even when they do shoot relatively well. Which even I don't have the stats up in front of me. They still didn't shoot the ball great from the perimeter tonight, but he's just no. he's not a guy who I think you can just throw him the ball inside and he's got to go get his. And, and some people say, "Oh, he's soft," or "Oh, he's, it's no, maybe he, maybe that's just not." It's just not the guy he is. So, um, I'm kind of. No, I agree. I, I think to a certain extent, I ease off of what my expectation for him is a little bit. It's it's still disappointing. This is still a game where I think a guy like him should have been able to feast. Because um, right. you saw a guy like Brandon Johns feast. You saw Colin Castleton and Austin Davis do some things in limited minutes. And you know, most of the night, I'll be honest, I didn't even know that John Teske was out there. Right. That, that was the biggest surprise, and that's the biggest disappointment is I, I think, look, I don't expect him to be Luca Garza, right? You know, I don't expect him to be this complete bruiser, but especially with, with Simpson and Livers out, he's the guy that you would expect, you know, based on experience and past play, because John Teske is a very good player, uh, to be the best player on the floor for Michigan, and for him to go long stretches tonight where, like you said, it kind of seemed like he he you forgot he was even out there, was surprising. And it wasn't like he was necessarily in foul trouble. He just wasn't as engaged as you would like to see him be. He's still a solid player, uh, still capable of doing a lot of good things. I do think some of the uh, criticism 
that's been heaped upon him uh, comes from is uh, is unfair and unjust because it comes from some of those games against these other big men of the Big Ten where he got owned. And I, I think a lot of that wasn't necessarily his fault. But uh, I think a lot of it stems from that, that if he's going to people kind of are under the belief that if he's going to give up a ton of points, he needs to score a ton of points. That's not necessarily going to happen. Still a very good player, but I think a, a, a disappointing effort by him tonight, even though ultimately it, it was no harm, no foul resulted in, in a double-digit win. But moving forward, because it's still kind of uncertain how long Simpson is going to be out. Livers uh, especially uh, will continue to be day-to-day. Um, you're going to need better minutes by John Teske if this team wants to make the tournament. You just are. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. And it, it's one of those things, too, where – I don't I don't hold some of those struggles in the Big Ten in Big Ten play against him because I mean you look at John Teske and like listen, I'm 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 five foot eight, five foot nine on a good day. I stand next to John Teske, he towers over me. He's a behemoth right. of a person. But then you look at you look at Kofi at Illinois, you look at Treviana Williams at Purdue, you look at um Oturu at Minnesota, Luca Garza. Those dudes are like physical specimens. Right. And Tusky just isn't that. So um, you lower the standard just a little bit there. Uh, like I said, I still think he's a good player. I uh, need more out of him. He's a captain, so I expect more. Uh, and I would hesitate to call it disengaged or, or disinterested because um, I think to a certain – and I'm not saying you are saying this, but I think that word in general brings upon a connotation that he's not working hard or not playing hard. Right. Um, no, I get And I get that. He wasn't – he just wasn't as big of a part of it as we maybe maybe he should have been or could have been, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I stand here on this game. Uh, other than that, um, interesting to me that in this game, with this lineup that Michigan had, Cole Bajima still uh, couldn't crack crack the lineup. Yes. I mean, C.J. Baird was out there. And, like, C.J. Baird, I'm pretty – I think he's a senior, so, like, they trust him and things like that. But right. – um, and he is more of a guard, whereas uh, Bajam is a guy who's more of a – maybe a two or a three, but uh, – and two is a guard. But you, you know what I'm saying there. I, and I'm not going right. to – I know people are saying, oh, look towards the transfer portal. Oh, this must miss much mean – miss nah, – I can't talk. This must mean he sucks. Nay, I don't think that's the case. It's just – you know, it's who do you trust right now? He's a true freshman, and uh, he wasn't necessarily a guy that um, he's not a. I mean, none of these guys are Jawan Howard guys technically, but it's just you know, it is what it is. Uh, the red shirt's been burned. He's played a little bit. They make their decisions based on who does what in practice, and maybe he's just going through something right now. Colin Castleton, the last week or so, didn't see much of him until tonight. And I, tonight, I thought he played pretty well. So. Might be, might be one of those things where his time's coming soon. Uh, on C.J. Baird, though, I believe that Michigan has a record of 21-3 and three in games he plays now, so maybe they have something there. I don't know. Yeah, um. exactly. <laughs> he's, he's he's the new when Duncan Robinson scores six points or more stat. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, do you have any other thoughts on this game? Like I, It's Nebraska. They're horrible. They're putrid. Say a prayer for Fred Hoiberg tonight. I mean, he literally... Um, it's literally just a, a roster full of table scraps and traffic cones that he had to put together. Right. Um, I think they'll yeah. th- they'll be good because they have they'll be good eventually because I think Fred Hoiberg's a good coach and mm. that they have good facilities and, and put a lot of work into that. But I mean that's Nebraska this year is what a lot of people, casual basketball fans or people who don't really pay attention, thought that like 
Rutgers would be this year. And obviously Rutgers is terrific, and that's who Michigan sees next. And um, that game is scary, especially if you don't have uh, – you're, you're leaving Ann Arbor again, and you might not have your starting point guard again and livers again. That's a whole they – de- They demolished Purdue tonight. They're, they're playing with a lot of confidence, man. That's a good team. That's a good team, and they're well coached. And I, yeah. I like Steve Peichel a lot at, at Big Ten Media Days. He's a guy that – I didn't know anyone could possibly talk about or sell Rutgers as well as he does. Uh, he loves that university, loves that program, and um, I'm happy for him. Because let's be honest, like Rutgers being good is better for the Big Ten than Rutgers being bad. Hot yeah, take. No, I, I, no, you're right. I absolutely, and I said this in, in football where it's it's bad for the Big Ten, especially if you're building a resume where in order to have what is considered an average or quality win, you have to beat them by 50 or 60 points. Uh, to have a competitive Big Ten, a competitive Rutgers, yeah, it's it's much, much better for the league. So uh, good for them, and hopefully Michigan can can be able to pull one out. When is that game, by the way? Saturday afternoon at 4.30 at Madison Square Garden, uh, which is technically supposed – Michigan gave up a home game to play there. Okay, so, all right. Oh, that'll be tough. One of, the, right. one of those deals. So it's a neutral site game, but – um, and New York is a big Michigan market, so I'd imagine it will still skew more towards a Michigan crowd than not. But like I said, um, I mean, hey, the last time they played on a neutral floor, though, they were playing in a hotel ballroom in another country. So right. maybe this is what they need to get back on track uh, for good. Do uh, you have any other thoughts about this game before we um, kind of start to wrap up here? Uh, no, not, not anything I can think of. Well, OK, one more. Um, free throw is much better tonight, and that was the um, essentially what uh, cost them the the basketball game on Saturday. Down the stretch, missing free throws, uh, missed a few in the second half tonight. Uh, didn't lead to any issue. Uh, that's one of the most important things uh, for any basketball team, and uh, hopefully, we'll look back on that uh, those five misses against Illinois as more of a fluke than anything else. Yeah. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I would agree with that. Um, other than that, uh, obviously the elephant in the room this week is uh, the passing of Kobe Bryant. I mean, I, I have a few things I'd like to say on it. I, I did, you know, just from a, not even necessarily a sports thing, more of a human perspective. But I guess at this point, I'll just kind of, before we get out of here, open the floor to you. I know it's been a rough few days and, and a lot of people have said pretty much all they can say, but this is the first time we've, we've talked and been on a pod. So just anything you have, the floor is yours. Yeah. I I've tried to say all I can, you know, I made a, made a video about it. I've watched a whole lot of reactions. Uh, there's really not much more 
I could say that hasn't already been said. The only perspective I can provide is if there is, and this is unlike me, but trying to find the positive in this horrific situation, if there is one, I am, uh, I am very, I've been very, uh, I don't know, happy isn't the right word, but pleasantly surprised uh, by the the amount of people who have been willing to open up and show emotion. I mean, we've seen guys. You know, I tweeted tonight when the video of Shaq reacting to Kobe's death came out um, that it was like seeing your dad cry. And, and I think we've seen a lot of that uh, over these last couple days. Athletes, media personalities opening up uh, and sharing things that uh, we, we, were, we wouldn't expect they would ever share. And I think it's going to lead to a lot of positive discussion and is going to be one of the only good things to come out of uh, this tragedy and the loss of an icon, uh, not just of sports, but an icon in pop culture, and uh, as well as the other uh, eight lives that were also tragically lost in this, including Kobe's daughter. So uh, a, a horrible event all around. I wish everyone involved uh, the absolute best. This is, uh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm still, like, it's still one of those things you watch these games and you turn on ESPN, you turn on whatever, and you see the black and white picture with 1978 to 2020 on it. And it's still, it doesn't seem like something that's even real. Um, you know, it's so, it's, it's one of those things too, where you, it's hard to put into words how, I mean, I, I'm still struggling too. I mean, a lot of people uh, t- to cry and to be emotional over someone you never knew. It it, t- it takes a special person and a special, just a special figure in general. And, and I right. think that this this was one that hit hard for me. In that, you know, I, I've I've put this out there before, and I'm not I'm not breaking news or, or stepping on anyone's toes. Like my. My father has been in a cancer battle for two and a half years, and it's one of those things where you know, like, like you kind of, when you get to where that is, you kind of know that you just don't know how much time you're ever going to have. And when something like this happens, a guy who has all the money in the world, a guy who has all the accolades anyone could possibly get, after basketball even, a business owner, a guy who won an Oscar... To have that, all of that be taken away from from his his wife, his children, um, it hit me pretty hard. With with the backdrop of you know what what's stuff that's gone on in my family, stuff that we're currently going through, um, and it's like I said, it's not. I never. If you had told me on January first, Kobe Bryant is gonna is gonna die this year. It'd be a tragic helicopter accident. Obviously, no one could ever see that coming. I could have never told you I would have the reaction to it that I did. I mean, Sunday was a very tough day. Yeah. Um, not even it's it's like the dot da- like him losing a daughter. The video of those two courtside together watching a game, laughing, breaking down a game. You know, it's stuff that reminds me of me and my dad, and we can all relate to it with our dads. I mean. Um, this starts for all of us by our fathers sitting us on their lap or, or us sitting next to them and just watching a game with them. 
and it's not about losing an athlete. It's about for everything that Kobe Bryant was, he and there's there's bad there. There's some dark things in, on his resume, and I, yeah. I don't think it's out of bounds to bring that up and talk about. But to see how he bettered himself through those situations, to see how you know this was, I mean. A guy like that retires from sports and you go, what's this guy ever going to do when he doesn't have the game? Kobe Bryant figured it out. Yeah. And he was in the process of figuring it out. And it breaks my heart that he couldn't, you know, mo- the bulk of his life was given to the game of basketball. And he was finally in a spot where the next, I mean, guy in his shape, he, was, he could live another 50, 60, 70 years. Mm-hmm. It was finally going to be time to be a human a man, a father, a dad, a husband. And when you apply it to your everyday life and, and knowing how just how finite it could be for any of us. And I think Jay Williams put it perfectly too. Like if you have a grudge with someone, let that shit go. Life is too yeah. short. Life is too short. So I think that's and on Monday night, you know, I was able to go to a basketball game with my dad. This was not this was pre-planned. We had no idea this would be what what came up. And yeah, it was a game with the Pistons and Cavs. They suck. They're terrible. But you know what it was? It was a basketball game with my dad, and that means the world to me. And I think that that's what the bigger biggest meaning here is out of all of it. Like yeah, it's it's tragic. It's horrible. And to a certain extent, it's bigger than Kobe Bryant. It's that we could we could lose people we love at any time. We could be gone at any time. So you love the hardest you can. Wake up. Make every day the best that you can. Sports are supposed to be fun. Let's let's stop taking it so seriously. It's a game. Life, like life, if you're not doing what you can to make every day the most fun it can be. And we have pitfalls. We have struggles. But there are people to lean on to. Lean on them. Don't hold grudges. Things like that. So I I know it's kind of a long-winded thing to say, but I haven't really had an outlet to say it in the last few days. And, you know, it's been on my mind. So, um, like I said, I I wouldn't – it's weird. It's surreal. But – and this one's going to hurt for a while. It's gonna be one of those things that are surre- that's surreal for a while, but hopefully the impact, if there is a positive to be taken from it, is that we do see people continue to love as hard as they've been loving each other the last few days. So that that's that's kind of just my spiel on the whole thing. Um, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. So. Yay, sports! <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I don't know how you. I don't know how you end this after that. But uh, why don't you let the people know where they can find you on social media? Well, you guys can always find me on Twitter. That's at Castellani twenty fourteen at C A S T E L L A N I two O one four. My Snapchat handle is the same as my Twitter handle. If you want to see me on Instagram as well, I'm trying to get maybe my followers up a little bit on the gram. That's Chris Castle 95, C-H-R-I-S-C-A-S-T-L-E-9-5. Uh, lots of stuff coming. You know, we got Michigan basketball post games uh, going on Twitter. Still the occasional movie review and just 
news, whether it be baseball, pop culture. Uh, I'll make videos about almost anything. So please, if you can, go ahead and uh, follow me on those platforms. It'd be much appreciated. Yeah, speaking of movies, uh, I have been – it's palate – for me, palate cleansing season right now. I watched – I crashed and and watched so many good movies via screeners or whatnot at the end of the year that it's kind of like, all right, I need to watch something that turns my brain to mush again. I've been watching the Fast and Furious movies. I've never seen them. Holy shit, they're terrible. Um, <laughs> really? They are so bad. Um, how, how, how far in are you? I am three movies in. And they are like, here's the thing, ridiculous. And for me, borderline unwatchable because they haven't aged all that well, but they have a ton of heart and a ton of charm. Um, Right. I can objectively say the Star Wars prequels are better movies than any of those are. But I get like, I totally get the appeal. I do. And what was weird about, and I haven't seen them either, but what's weird is like, that's the weirdest franchise. That franchise has had the weirdest second life. Because everyone almost agrees that, okay, the first one's all right, then they're bad, and then everyone said once you got to the fifth one, the series picked up, which you never hear. So maybe you're still in store for, quote-unquote, the good ones, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, I've, it's, it's, been a, it's been a wild ride. I've been watching them slowly, a quarter mile at a time, as the, the quote <laughs> is, but yeah, what a ride. Uh, looking forward, uh, seems like there were some good January releases, so maybe now that things are settling down, Go yeah. go watch if, go go check out a few movies. Uh, I don't think mm-hmm. I've been since Star Wars. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T Broom. Follow the website at Maze and Brew. Obviously, you guys know you can get our shows Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever. Um, follow our Instagram page, like us on Facebook, all that good stuff. Uh, sorry that Luke couldn't be with us tonight. Schedules just didn't work out, but uh, we should be back next week. Super Bowl on Sunday, which I mean, God. It doesn't even feel like it should be Super Bowl week. Uh, I know. But, uh, should have some fun stuff to talk about coming out of there. Uh, for Chris Castellani, I'm Anthony Broom. We'll talk to you again soon.